I'm Eric Wiseman, and today you'll hear my story on San Francisco people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to San Francisco People. This is Frank Garza, and today's guest is Eric Wiseman. Now, Eric lives in the city. He lives in North Beach, and he's going to share his favorite spots in his neighborhood later on in the conversation. But most of our focus today is on Eric's work at Jaunty. Now, Eric founded Jaunty in 2013, and what Jaunty does is they educate people on social intelligence and people skills. So they help people deal with social anxiety and they help people get more confident in their day-to-day interactions with people and basically feel you know, less socially awkward than they do. And everybody has some level of social anxiety. Um, you know, one classic example they help with is You know, say you walk into a room at a networking event or something like that where you don't know anybody. You know, how do you go in that room with confidence and work the room and be comfortable and really take advantage of that networking opportunity? And they help with um, your people skills in all relationships, Um, business, family, friends, and romance. Yes, romance. Um, We're going to talk about that during the uh, during our discussion for sure. Um, Eric has a lot of expertise on the science of attraction. Um, so he's going to talk about that. What makes people, what makes you attracted to somebody? You know, what makes people attracted to you? And what are some things you can do to maybe make yourself a little bit more attractive to people? Um, and just improve in that area. So when I was researching um, this interview with Eric, you know, one of the things I wondered was how did Eric develop these skills, you know, um, and why does he have such a passion for it? You know, I wondered, was he a shy and awkward kid, you know, who overcame this and that's why he wants to teach it, teach it to people. Well, I learned it was actually the opposite. Eric's always been pretty socially comfortable and he attributes a lot of that just to his family life and upbringing and you know various opportunities throughout his life that have allowed him to hone these people skills and also just a, a curiosity he's always had about social intelligence. Uh, Eric was born in San Francisco, but he moved to Marin when he was one year old and he grew up there all the way through high school. Eric's dad was an entrepreneur Um, he founded the sunshine health food store that still has a store open right now in the city on pine and battery. And his parents are from Israel and he has a huge family back there and he would go there a lot, um, and visit his family and spend a lot of time there. And his family there was really open and loud and comfortable with people. And that's where Eric, I think really says he started to feel you know, more socially comfortable, um, just based on being around the family and being around those types of people all the time. And then in high school and college, he was always curious on why different cliques formed. And so he wanted to become friends with people in all of them. And so he really, um, throughout his life has developed this skill of getting along with everybody 
and developing friends and all different types of, of cliques and groups. In college, he noticed that people always came to him for advice and they really valued the advice he gave them. And so he started a life coaching job on the side, helping people and giving them advice. And then he eventually moved back to San Francisco because he was going to college in Colorado. And he took a job as a financial planner with American Express. And one of the things Eric pointed, pointed out to me was that people don't realize all of the soft skill training that financial planners get. They get a ton of training on working with people, understanding why they behave a certain way. And to be honest, you know, most of this is with the intent to you know, help them get more sales um, from, these, from, from people. But while in this job, Eric had a breakthrough moment when he really started to understand how valuable these skills were that he was learning on social intelligence and how much it would help people if he could teach them these skills. And that's where we're going to go cut into the conversation. Let's go talk to Eric. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Pursuit of Happiness? It was here in film. Oh, yeah. 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 With, with Will Smith. It was very similar to that, though I wasn't homeless. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> but you were in a large office with desks and everybody on the phone and yelling and just pandemonium. Yeah. It was a mixture of Pursuit of Happiness, uh, Boiler Room, okay. you know, in Wall Street. And All so right. so American Express Financial, this wasn't the credit card side. This was the financial uh, planning division. And so I came over. And they, they threw me into this training program where um, it was literally pass these tests or you're done. If you, you know, it was the series seven series, these, 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 these big exams for, for finance. And at the time I was moving and um, I broke up with a girlfriend and I was like, um, it, was, it was a very crazy time because the studying for this was, was a full-time job. And so um, I passed the test the first time, which was really great. And then they put you through a really rigorous, crazy training program of, of sales and, and counseling. And this is, this is a big part of, of where things went because people don't really think of, of financial as being a financial planner as being, as being, um, very, I guess, very sweet or, you know, there's a soft side to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, after all the training, uh, they, they put me through the real shadowing program where you're going to get in front of clients. And this is a six month program Mm -hmm. to where you're supposed to shadow a manager for, um, you're supposed to shadow a manager for six months until you really get into the client stuff. And there was three weeks into shadowing. There was a day I remember where my, my, uh, the place was packed. It was, there was really high end clients coming into, to, um, to our office. We were on, uh, uh, where Bush and Montgomery Street was was where this building, well, 180 uh, Bush, I believe, or 180 Montgomery, actually. And there were so many clients coming that we didn't have enough shadow shadowers. Mm. And so uh, my my um, my manager comes into to the office and he goes, you know, it's kind of this tough, tall, like guy in a suit, right? His name was Ben, and he was like, Eric. There's a you know high end high net worth individuals what they call them uh, in room six get in there and sell some shit right <laughs> and this is three weeks in out of a six month program yeah and I'm like well who's who am I shadowing he's like just get in there right and there I was at like the age of twenty uh, four 
right? Going into this, this kind of high-end client meeting, uh, telling people what to do with their life and money. And I'll, I'll never forget this. I, I walked in there and I saw this, this, this pretty young couple, probably in their mid-30s at the time. Um, and the second I walked in, I just read them really quickly. I looked at their body language, I looked at their facial expressions, and when I was listening to them, I kind of felt where they were at. And I picked up on it really quickly. I just knew there was some tension going on in the room. You can just like feel the feel the tension. You can like cut it, you know. And so I sit down, get my notepad out. I start asking the the right questions of what their goals are in life and 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 what what they want, where they want to go. I mean, this is, this is, this is very personal stuff. We're talking about their children's education. They had a child. We're talking about retirement. We're talking about, you know, um, uh, how long they want to work versus, you know, their lifestyle and what they spend with their budget, right? Especially here in the Bay area, they, they were really wealthy. You know, they, they made a lot of money about 20 minutes into this. I put uh, this, I don't know where this came from, but I just leaned back and it just felt like what in slow motion is I just put my pad and my paper and my pen down and I looked them square in the eye and I said, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and, you, and their facial expressions totally just changed. Like they just got caught or something. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what's going on? There's, there's, a, there's a little bit of, of tension in here. And he and the husband turns to the wife and, and he says, go ahead and tell him. And she goes, uh, you tell him. I'm like, guys, what's going on? You you know, this is all confidential. We really want to, you know, if you want me to help you with this, you're going to have to open up a little bit. And so it turns out he was like, well, my wife, you know, she's putting a lot of stress on us because, um, she has a $4,800 a month shopping addiction. And it, you know, she spends it mostly on, on shoes and bags. Right. If you can Damn. believe it. Yeah. Right. And, um, which I'm sure these, these, these that's, that's more retailers, than a mortgage. That's yeah. more than a mortgage, man. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's why these, these, uh, retailers on union are doing so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and, and I just remember the way I approached it was, well, okay, I understand. Did she and look embarrassed? She did. Said that? Yeah. She was hard for her to, to kind of say that out loud. And I think it was, I think it was a, a pivot for them as well. Uh, and so I just started saying, well, let's focus on what we want. And so we start. So we started asking the tough questions of, well, how important is it to you to save for you know your child's education? How, how important is it for you um, to be able to take this amount of vacation? You know, and all these questions of what they really wanted. Do you, have, you know? I think she also wanted to go back to um, to get her master's in something. And so uh, we found out that you know other goals are more important, and we ended up changing their whole budget. And um, they, a year after that, they continued sending me letters about uh, how I, 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 ch I helped their marriage, you know, at 24 and, and just really going down to the therapeutic part of their marriage. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, throughout the next few months, I mean, that really, that really changed my view on like, wow, I really can help people just by, you know, giving them a little bit of education or giving them some, any skill set I have because I was studying finance. At what point did you shift from... I guess, when did you start to connect all the dots and say, you know, I don't want to do this to necessarily like drum up business and get sales. I want to do this to help people. 
did that, was that ever a controversy for you or did you make that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, when I was doing the life coaching and when I was doing the, um, and then it moved on to that, to that first company here, I saw so much potential and I saw my, my favorite thing in the world was seeing the light bulb go off in other people, the epiphanies of holy shit, this stuff is learnable. Like, um, it turned more into a, from the beginning, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a vocation. It was like a, it was more, it was a calling because, um, I want everybody to be able to communicate, right? I want, I want San Francisco to be able to dance with each other, you know, socially. I, I want like, I don't want people to, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but people get rejected from a from an early conversation, or people get um, kind of shunned, or or or, or what, these fears that we have, when it does rarely happen, but it does, because the other person's nervous. A lot of times, people will look the other way or just give short answers because they're nervous. And if they weren't, they would be able to, they'd be able to open up, mm-hmm. right? They would be able to open up and share, you know, what their true per- personality is like, right? Um, I think that we, we have so much to offer to each other and when social anxiety takes over, it paralyzes us and we can't really, we can't really connect with each other. Um, I also feel that we, um, I mean, we can learn this from, from any age, right? People mm-hmm. think like, oh, uh, th- taking I'm over the old. room and, and <clears throat> talking to my Uber pool per share person is, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's uh, Bill Clinton's job. You know, he, he can do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, anyone can do this. And, and I think um, when we open up to the possibilities, it's, it's like learning, like anything you've done that was hard in the beginning. You know, one of the things we start talking about is what's stopping us and it's social anxiety. Like, what do you feel in that social? Well, my, my mind goes blank and my heart rate goes up and I start trembling or sweating or butterflies, right? What we've learned is you can start flooding this stuff so that you can get so comfortable in your own skin with your, with, when you learn the skills of conversational agility and humor and, um, um, and, and assertiveness, right? And all these things and storytelling that, you get comfortable with it, you can use it anytime, anywhere, right? Our our main goal at Jaunty is that we can teach people to talk to anyone, anytime, anywhere. And I think where the vocation comes in, we say, that's our technical goal. I want you to be able to talk to anyone, anytime, anywhere. And the, and, and the truth is, and I don't, I don't know if I've ever verbalized this, why this is so important is I want people to... I want people to find out who people are. I, if you meet someone, we tend to like quickly judge them off of what we see very quickly. Definitely. I mean, we all do this and I do this and, and we see everyone doing it. We, we, I want people to learn that you can find out about them through conversation and really get to know them um, and really get to know them on a deeper level. Then you can judge right? Use that more of, even though we automatically and and we're wired to judge for our safety reasons and for our reproduction reasons, we judge very quickly. Let that happen in our old brain. But I want our like kind of mid and newer brains to be able to be like, well, let's see what this person's about, right? 
And I think the goal is I'd love everyone to be able to, when you meet someone new, I want you to put them in like a neutral point to where they're in neutral, they're at zero. They're not negative, they're not positive. After you get to know them, let them put themselves where you feel they are. You know, and, and when I say negative or positive, what I mean is not that you're better than anyone else and not that anyone's better than you. However, I want you to be finding out if this is a good fit for you, mm-hmm. right? A positive fit and on what scale and a negative fit and what scale. I, I really want relationships that people have to be a two-way street. One of the things I remember when I was talking with Fayette about Jaunty for the first time, um, she made the interesting point that everybody has some level of social, social anxiety, even people that are perceived as super outgoing. Everybody feels that at some point. And uh, me, like no doubt. I mean, I definitely can think of times when I've had social anxiety. And so I want to put you on the spot, ask you for some advice on like one of my situations when I felt it like pretty recently. So uh, as I was telling you earlier, I'm making like a career pivot and um, getting into event production. And so one of the things I've started doing is going to more like events to network. And uh, I can think of this one recently I went to, probably 100 people in there, and I'm going by myself and uh, kind of giving myself a pep talk, you know, before I get in there of like, you need to get in there, be outgoing, meet people, that sort of thing. And uh, pretty much I walk in, do a couple laps, uh, don't talk to anybody and sit down. <laughs> kind of wait for the uh, the event to start. And, you know, fortunately, somebody actually tapped me on the shoulder who was also, like, sitting by themselves and, like, started a conversation with me. And I was, like, so grateful, like, for that person for, like, doing that. But then after the event, same thing. I kind of, like, said hello to one person I knew and then, like, left. Um, but I, I didn't, like, network really with anybody new, you know, except for this person that had approached me. So how how can I do better in that situation? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, um, and yeah, man, this, it's scary going into a room full of strangers and it's scary. Uh, public speaking is actually one of the, the most feared, uh, things in the world. People would rather die. Right. And so like, (laughs) um, you know, we are the descendants of the, um, ancestors that had a lot of anxiety. And that's a good thing, right? Because um, it, our, our ancestors survived because their body was saying, hey, don't do this. It's going to, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get killed. Or, hey, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't flirt with the leader's wife, right? You're going to get killed. Our body would tell us something. Uh, and, and so we have that because we've inherited that. Today, in this day and age, we don't need a lot of it. And understanding that's a, a first big step. We're not going to get killed. We're not going to get cast out. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very hard to get to hurt ourselves socially uh, in, on a wide range. You might, you might look like a fool for a few minutes in front of a few people. Right? But in the grand scheme of things, it's very hard to um, uh, really hurt yourself in that way. And so um, it's, it's great that you're putting yourself out there. You know? And I, mm-hmm. think, I think you can make this one of the most fun um, transitions, you know, if we start connecting with people and you, and, and you really, you really start learning the skills. And so something you can start doing 
is, and I think it's great that you warmed up as well. You know, it's a big thing is getting into like a, a state or a frame. Yeah, get in the zone. <laughs> um, what you can do, what we start doing is breaking down these skills, right? So we start breaking down the skills and learning them. Um, but if I had one piece of advice, and we'll, we'll go into the skills maybe in a second, um, slowing down is one of the biggest pieces of advice I have, right? Slowing down because in our, in our heads, we're going to do the pattern. The patterns in our brains are going to tell us to do what we've always done, right? Walk in, kind of scan the room, mm-hmm. go to the cheese tray, mm-hmm. right? Get extra drinks, uh, walk around and not talk. Right? If we've done this a lot in our lives, uh, when we, I mean, if we've done this a high percentage of the time that we had to go somewhere social, guess what? We're going to do it again because we survived last time. We'll survive again if we do the same thing. What we want to do is we can start changing the pathways and be like, well, what would it look like? Um, first of all, you walk in, you remember to be in the moment. You talk to the first person you see, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, cheers them. If you had a drink in your hand, you're like, cheers. How's the night going? Right. You know, and you can, and if, and if you've really, if you've really pra- practiced something like humor or you've practiced something like touch, you can throw that in there. You know, you can, if, if it was a packed room, you can be like, oh man, no one really showed up here. Right. This place is dead. Or just say, say something a little bit, a little bit fun and lighthearted or accuse someone of like, oh, you're going to, you're going to steal my last piece of cheese there. Right. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are you doing? Um, and just start and start playing with them. Um, so breaking down the skills, you know, really learning body language and understanding it, you know, um, you get really good at seeing who's a little bit more open and inviting, start off with those people. Right. Right. Like I don't, and, and when you walk in, I want you to be in the moment, right? Don't scan the room. Don't ever just like look around. It makes us look a little bit uneasy. You're like looking for an escape route mm-hmm. or, uh, you're trying to see if you do fit in or not, right? Be in the moment, focus on the area around you a little bit. Um, and, and then, and then the skills like getting comfortable with approach, you know, approach is what everyone, you know, everyone has a hard time with approach and introducing yourself. And that in itself is an art, mm-hmm. right? You can get that down. You can get anything out, right? You can get anything down socially. So, um, whether it's talking to a gorgeous, attractive person on the street or walking into a networking event, uh, being able to, to know that you're going to know what to say is, is what we teach. And, and, and so the number one advice I have is slow down, you know, pay attention to how people are acting. Right. And then, uh, if you practice this in a safe environment, you practice literally what we do in our courses is you turn, you walk to someone and start a, you walk up to another student and start a conversation. You walk up to someone, you walk up to someone, you do that enough times and it will get easy. One of the other things I've noticed, you know, just from perusing the Jaunty website, is another area you guys focus on helping people is in their romantic lives. Oh, yeah. And this seems to be something that you in particular, you in particular have like an interest in, you know, just looking through the blog on Jaunty. You know, I noticed your last four blog posts have all been about dating, romance, helping people in that area. I loved your article, um, Become Friends with Serendipity. And you talk a lot about the science of attraction um, and really understanding the science behind it. Why is that an area that interests you so much? Ah, great question. I think um, this is a personal opinion of mine. I truly think everything evolves around sex. 
in some way, some, some form, you look at the advertisements, you look at what people are singing about in their music, you look at the clothes and fashion we wear, you look at well-designed, uh, you know, someone, someone can easily say, wow, you know, when the iPhone came out, that's a really sexy piece of technology, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, when was, you know, throughout history, people don't usually use technology and sexy in the same sentence. So I think sex, sex appeal and, and romantic relationships is something that we, from a biological point, you know, we, we want to, we want someone to provide for, or we want someone to connect with. We want intimacy and to be touched. And, and if, and if, you know, and just wanting to reproduce is a big part of our species. So I truly believe everything evolves around it. And if you're not comfortable with that, then get comfortable with that. Right. Because, um, it's a very important part of our, of our, um, of our life. And, we're in, you know, in San Francisco and, you know, I was in New York last year and these bigger cities, it's a very tough place to kind of find the right person. I think everyone can attest to that. Uh, a lot of people are successful, you know. Uh, we have a very, a very weird dynamic, you know. We have a very weird culture. We're turning into uh, a grass is greener ideology here very much you know here in New York just so many options and um, there's so many like distractions that I think we have a hard time with it and some of us are really lost in it some of us are on the other level they're just too immersed in it you know and it almost goes to a point where it's dangerous or where it's you know it, it becomes a a cycle of of unhappiness and emptiness Right. So I think a lot of happiness and a lot of, uh, I mean, happiness really evolves around relationships. I mean, of course, friends, family and, and lovers. And I think lovers is, is the most difficult one of those to, to really understand. Um, and so what we do is we wanted to understand how attraction works. And, and it, it, it's very basic and it's very complex at the same time. Right. So we created a kind of three level tier of uh, like a pyramid of, of how it works. And, that, and this connects to our brains, right? And so we take uh, the foundation of attraction, understanding the foundation of attraction. There's, there's really two things that we talk about, and that's, and that's your, your status and that's your health. So understanding those two things, um, you know, we talk about this in, in, our, in our workshops you know, on a deep level is, is uh, understanding status and health. And a lot of people get scared of that status word, though we're, we're really talking about internal status, right? And this is like belief systems and, and confidence and skill sets, right? Uh, the external stuff we know. You know, the external stuff is pretty obvious. And a lot, you know, some of it ties into health. Some of it just ties into wealth, right? Um, and that's important too, but we really need to find balance. And when people start feeling um, in character with themselves and they're confident in what confidence, as we said earlier, is getting as close as you can to, to understanding these things, um, is, is, is getting really confident in things like creating and understanding chemistry, right? And, and so the health aspect is understanding, you know, how a person smells or moves, mm-hmm. uh, really being in tune with that. And instead of, instead of the, the higher, um, oh, wow, that person's hot or wow, that person's rich, right? There's a lot more important stuff that you can actually be aware and look for, you know? And so, hey, does this person make me feel good and why, right? Is this person nurturing or caring or loving or, you know, um, uh, compassionate, 
you know, uh, whatever it is you're looking for, you know, intelligent, um, and why? And so we really broke that down and, and, and status is, is very important for yourself and for under, this is where you understand where other people are, right? This is where, um, you understand how to make this a two way street, right? And health, health is obvious. We, you know, we know what our type is and why we don't know why sometimes, but health is, you know, you look at someone's skin and hair, you look at their symmetry in their face, you know, this can be how they move, how they sound, right? This is why the, the cosmetic uh, industry is a billion dollar industry, right? So mm-hmm. uh, those are the two foundational things that we teach. And it's very hard to get those two online, right? It's very hard to really get those foundations. This is why online is so tough, Yeah. right? Uh, uh, and so, and then the middle part of that, of that pyramid is... Um, is is the emotional side right and this is where we we start building comfort with people this is where we start connecting and and what does connecting mean when someone says why don't you guys connect well you can break down connection and understand it you know you can break down wow we have a lot of inside jokes we connect on that you know really well we have a lot of similarities and we connect on that really well um and and don't overdo it with the similarities up front a lot of us we want to we had so much in common Mm -hmm. right i love it but um we want to we want to, you know, a big piece of advice for meetings. Don't throw, don't throw all your similarities up front. You know, you want to find a little bit of some other parts in between because, you know, you make someone too comfortable um, and there's no excitement or, you know, people usually, that's why people say there wasn't any, 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 any um, chemistry. So let's shift gears all right. and let's talk about San Francisco. Yes. I want to talk about, you live in North Beach. Right. So I love that neighborhood. Um, but I want to hear what are your three favorite things to do or places to go in North beach? Yeah. North beach is really great. There's a lot of, a lot of cool history there. Um, I, you know, when I have free days there, I I love going to, um, I mean, my, my, one of my favorite places to eat there is Don Pisto's and it's, um, it's fun. I know the people there and they're like, you can cook. I mean, you can sit at the bar and they make these amazing like margaritas and the food is really good. It's very social. Uh, like you can see the flames going off in the kitchen and it's this little dot. Like it's, it's hard to find. It's, it's on uh, union street over there. Um, and you know, they have these like amazing shrimp tacos and stuff. And so it's one of my favorite places cause it's social and it's, um, and it's really good food and drinks. I, you know, I really love it. Um, yeah, I always forget about it because yeah. it's kind of just off, it's just off Washington square up union, like a half a block. Right. But you never right. really walk that direction unless you're going there. But yeah, I've been there. That That is a great, it's a great Mexican spot, right? Yeah. It's a great Mexican place. It's, it's a good, it's a good spot to bring friends cause it's family style. So yeah. you, there's no reservations. You can just, you just either find a table to spot to sit or you stand for a while or whatever. Um, yeah, North beach is awesome. I'm trying to think of some, uh, what else do I really love over there? Um, I mean, city lights is, you know, the the bookstore is is, a really cool place. Yeah. There's so much history there. And, uh, that I like, I, I combine that with Vesuvio's, which is really fun. There's that alleyway between Mm -hmm. the two and it's beautiful. You know, people play music there and Vesuvio's and, and city lights, um, uh, I, one of my, one of, I had a really good friend. She, she moved to San Diego, but we did the, uh, so I married an ax murderer tour here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and so that was one of the spots where they filmed it. And, um, I've had some really good times at, at Vesuvio's, 
Um, I'm trying to think of something non-alcohol related <laughs> that I, I mean, North Beach, I mean, the North Beach festival is really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I like, that's the best festival. Yeah. I think that's the best one of too. All the ones, so I really like that. I love it. There's the great booths and great, great food. And, uh, they close down like, you know, Grant Green area and like they have beer gardens and, and, um, but, but North Beach just to like walk down and, you know, that, that damn taffy store gets me every time, you know, it's on Columbus there. And, um, and they have this, they always have free samples going on and, um, and I walk in and you're allowed to eat. You just go in there and they go, try whatever you want, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can, and I'm a sucker for taffy. And so, uh, I always, I always buy a ton in there. Uh, I really like that spot and puts me in a good mood because it's open late. And I always go there on like a first date, you know, like what I'll do. To the taffy store. What I'll do is I'll walk, you know, I ended up, I ended up, uh, um, 15 Romolo is a great place for like a first date. Yeah. Love that place. I love it. You know, just loud. They have a great jukebox and like, but you can still have private tables and talk and they have awesome, uh, you know, drinks there. So I'll go to like 15 Romolo and then we'll walk by the taffy store. Um, and then, and then Tony Nick's. Mm-hmm. is is the in local there. yeah that's the local bar and uh you know you can kind of get intimate in the back there or, um or you know <laughs> my friend there. greg's gonna love you for this recommendation yeah he loves himself some tony Nix. oh man tony Nix is the after yeah. hours like just fun spot so like after you have a few drinks and you need to go chill like yeah. you get you know a nice candle lit like area on the back and yeah, 15 Romolo is one of my favorite bars in the city. Because yeah. first of all, it feels like a secret place almost because it's in that alleyway that totally. you would never know it was there unless somebody like showed it to you. And then it's a pretty big space. I think it's one of the few places you can go with a big group of people and, and not feel too crowded. Yeah, totally. You're right. I love that it's so hidden. Uh, and, you know, the first two years I lived there, I didn't even know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, until like I just saw some really drunk, loud people outside in that in that alley. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What about what about Tony's Pizza? Yeah, that's like the that place. I think it's the best pizza in San yeah, Francisco. I agree. So every time I talk yeah. about North Beach, I talk about Tony's. Cause that's not just I, I do think it's the best pizza in San Francisco. It's also just one of my favorite places to be in all of San Francisco. Oh yeah. Sitting at the bar, eating at Tony's is just an awesome experience. Well, let's say that you had to move away from San Francisco. Oh no. Um, which I know. None of us like to think That'd be about so that. So sad. But let's say you Got some great job opportunity or whatever. Yeah. Um, how would you spend your last day in the city before you left? Wow. Yeah. Hopefully that never happens. However, I um, would definitely round up all my loved ones. And um, I probably just, you know, I'd probably do a lot of, a lot of San Francisco. I'd try to pack in. I'd definitely go to the ferry building, you know. And shop some of the farmers market stuff and have some blue bottle um, coffee. Even though I think Four Barrels my favorite out here, uh, but I would go to I would walk around um, the ferry building and the Embarcadero, you know. And 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 I would I'd go to Fifteen Romolo for one of those I forget what it's called, but they have a, an amazing tequila co- t- cocktail that I really love. Mm-hmm. I think they put egg in it. <laughs> um, I'd grab one of those. I would probably do a hike at Land's End. Uh, so my grandfather lives at uh, 28th in uh, Fulton. And so that's that's where I, I, I spend a lot of time, especially when my, my place here is getting a little bit, uh, it just got repainted and redone. Uh, and I walk up to Ocean Beach and I'll walk up to Land's End and it's just so beautiful there. 
Um, so I would hopefully be with all my loved ones and like walk through the views of, you know, of course it'd be a beautiful day. Um, <laughs> the bridge and, and just the, the Pacific and, um, what else? Uh, I'd probably get some sushi, you know, uh, where we're at. You What's know, your favorite sushi my spot? favorite sushi place is probably uh, it's in the Richmond area. It's called um, uh, Waco. What Waco? Waco. Waco. Yeah, Waco Sushi. W a c o. W a k o. W a k o. Okay. Yeah, it's um, maybe it's Waco. I don't know. Waco. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'd probably get some. I mean, su- we have we have amazing sushi in San Francisco. True. I, I had a competition with my friend in New York about who has better sushi. So when I went there, he took me to the best and. Uh, when, when he was here, I actually took him to Zushi Puzzle, which is also really good. Never been there. It's right yeah. down the Yeah, the you're right. There. You're really close to it. Yeah. Go, go eat Heard it up great there. Things. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, <clears throat> I would probably walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. Just do it on a sunset, you know, catch the sunset in the middle of the Golden Gate Bridge. I think that would be, uh, it's kind of crazy. I was born and raised here and, I probably have biked it once or twice and walked it once or twice and that's it. You know, I guess we, we take it for granted and people come from all over the world to see it. So I'd probably watch a sunset out there. Um, and, and yeah, just as much time with family and friends, you know, uh, and then maybe finish off at like bingo topia at, uh, the knockout in the mission. Okay. <laughs> nice. I never. I've been to the knockout. I've never been there for Bingo Topia. Yeah, it's a fun like <laughs> trivia night. Uh, you get a bingo card for every drink, and it's just a fun social event. There's so many things. Like my my brain saying, "Well, why wouldn't you go to one of the museums?" Or off the grid would be great, or a really cool concert. Yeah. You know, you'd have your last week for that. Yeah, this is just. Your I last did that day. right before. Right? <laughs> My conversation with Eric couldn't have come at a better time for me. I I recently left a comfortable job and I'm in the midst of a career change, so to speak. And so what that means is I'm going to be in a lot of new social settings in the near future and meeting a lot of new people in the near future. And I definitely expect to feel some level of social anxiety along the way. and, And I already have felt a little bit of that. And so this conversation was a really good reminder to me that dealing with that social anxiety and getting past it is something that can be learned through better skills. And so I'm looking forward to working on that and uh, implementing some of the things I learned uh, from my talk with Eric um, today. Now, Jaunty gives a free workshop called Enhance Your Social Intelligence and they give it about every two weeks. And you can see the schedule on their website. Um, The next class is May 7th. If you wanna learn more about the science of attraction, um, I recommend a recent article from Psychology Today that features Jaunty. Uh, It's called The Four Types of Attraction, and it's a great read, and it just supplements really well to what Eric talked about on the podcast here today. I also recommend going to Jaunty's website and getting on their blog, which has all kinds of interesting articles on social intelligence and more on the science of attraction. Uh, My favorite post from there was called uh, Become Friends with Serendipity, 
and it was one that Eric himself wrote. And so you can get links to these articles, Jaunty's website, and everything else we discussed on the San Francisco People website, sfpeoplepodcast.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at sfpeoplepodcast, and you can email me at frank at sfpeoplepodcast if you have a guest in mind for a future show, or any comments or feedback about the show, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks. I'm Frank Garza for San Francisco People.